We are going to be launching a book. We're using this show to be the official book launch for a brand new book that I'd like to call uh, My Catholic Keepsake. This is it right here. I'm holding it. It's finally in Australia. We've got it produced. So who is the author? None other than Kate France, and she joins me live. Hello, Kate. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Praise God. Blessed. Very blessed and very excited. Uh, this has been a while. Uh, we've been in discussion over the last few months uh, talking about this book, and um, uh, we you, you featured in the Rosary Pilgrimage uh, for us, and, and we prayed a Rosary Live together, and uh, we still didn't have a copy of the book, and finally uh, we managed to organize that in the last month or so, and, and here we are um, with the Australian version. So congratulations. <laughs> it's made it down under. <laughs> so here we are. It's a great job. Um, I'm so excited to, to be talking about this, uh, a little bit about it. it. It is now available on our website, um, and we'll talk a lot about this throughout the show. Before I dive into the book, however, could I remind people a little bit about yourself, uh, a bit about your background? You are a convert to the Catholic faith, um, mm -hmm. so it'd be nice just to sort of remind people your background and uh, upbringing and, and how you got to this point. So how, do, how about we start there? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in the United States. I live in Michigan with my husband and two young daughters. And as you mentioned, I am a convert to Catholicism. I guess my story goes all the way back probably to 2011 when I married my husband, who was cradle Catholic. And I was raised Christian and got married in the Catholic Church, but had not converted to Catholicism. And it probably wasn't until a few years into our marriage that I started really thinking about my faith. And I think whenever you're talking with someone that has different beliefs than you, it kind of forces you to think about, well, why do you believe what you believe? And that's what I started doing. I started thinking, well, why am I Christian? And at the time, I had really kind of fallen away a little bit from my faith. I wasn't too active in it. And it really just made me take so many steps back um, from, from everything, from Christianity. I mean, at one point, I wrote down on a piece of paper, like questions that I had about faith and religion. And the very first one was, is God real? Like, that's how far back I, I went. And I started this faith journey where I was just reading whatever I could get my hands on. My husband was really supportive and we would listen to world religion audiobooks together so I could learn about other religions. And I, at that point, was really just trying to explore and figure out what I believed and why I believed it. And I was very stubborn. I was not going to become Catholic just because my husband was Catholic. I was, you know, if that's, if that's the truth I found, then that's what I would do. But I was on this, this journey and all of a sudden it wasn't, it wasn't one thing in particular, but it was a number of different things and the pieces started coming together. And I just thought, you know, there is really something about this person, Jesus, about Christianity. Like it, it just really started to feel right. And then from there, the leap to Catholicism was actually really easy because of the authority of the church and apostolic succession. And I, joined the church in 2016 and um, in 2018 had my first child 
And I think that's really what started me on this journey with my Catholic keepsake is because I, I made this book for her. And, and that's mm-hmm. how the, the company started. The book started was, was because of, of that major milestone in my life. Wow. Well, well, thank you. That's the, um, the express version. So people can get an idea of your, your background there. Um, Fascinating that you actually, yeah, you did explore other religions beyond Christianity. So not just the, the Catholic faith, but other other um, faiths. Um, did, that experience, was that a, I'm interested just to know a little bit about what that was like. You know, did you learn um, some of the main ones, uh, Judaism, Islam, um, Buddhism, Hinduism? Did you look at those other major non-Christian religions and what was that li- like as a learning experience? Yeah, I really wanted to have a broader understanding of world mm-hmm. religions in general and not just stick with monotheism. And so, yeah, I, I remember listening to a world religion audiobook and and it covered Buddhism, Hinduism. I mean, it was, um, it was really fascinating. And I'm a very analytical person. And so for me, it's like, that's where I had to start. I had to start with the knowledge of different religions and what different religions believed and kind of wrap my head around that a little bit. And I had never done that. I had never, um, I think given, like, I remember I took a world religion class in college, but um, you know, it only, it covered Judaism, Christianity and Islam, but it, it never covered other world religions. And so it was a fascinating process to kind of go through that and, and to really learn about it. And, and I think my husband learned a lot too. You know, he was obviously um, strong in his faith and in Catholicism, but he, I think, benefited from learning about other religions as well. Yeah, it's great that you could do it um, together as well. You're journeying together. Um, what does that do to a relationship? I imagine that would strengthen your relationship even further because you're you're journeying and exploring and learning things together as well so early on in your relationship. So I imagine that would have strengthened the bond you would have had then. Yeah, and, and my husband will, will say it too, that my conversion helped him to grow deeper into the faith. Wow. He actually attended wow. RCIA with me. And I think for him, that was... It, it was huge to be able to go back and relearn a lot of things that he hadn't um, learned since he was a young child. And it really forced him to become, um, I think, more knowledgeable about the faith. And I, I've seen a total transformation in him as well. Um, wow. And and so that was a really cool process to be able to go through that together. Um, and so, I mean, I was converting to Catholicism, but I really felt like he was right along with me kind of learning more about the faith um, and taking certain aspects of it more serious so so it's, it's fascinating because now yeah uh, I was your father uh, your husband a um, a cradle Catholic so born and raised as a Catholic so mm-hmm. something he may have taken for granted or, or you've helped him go to a whole new level and it's encourage it's interesting in the faith we need um, all these different um, moments or opportunities that deepen our faith and it, it could be the person you least expect, someone who was not a Catholic all their life yourself, but mm-hmm. then to discover your your appreciation for the church has helped him. And uh, we can't underestimate the power that can have um, on those closest to us. And uh, mm-hmm. what would you say to people today, anyone watching right now, um, 
cradle Catholics as well uh, who may not really appreciate what we have uh, as, a, as a faith. Uh, what would you say to them, uh, especially from someone who, who explored the other religions and, and basically you made a, a free decision to come in? What would you say to cradle Catholics watching? Oh, I, I just find the Catholic faith to be so beautiful and so rich. And I think for me, I was looking, like I mentioned the authority of the church mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and apostolic succession. And so I think um, a lot of it goes back to why, why do you believe what you believe? Right. And so for me, it was starting almost with the basics and I, I always tell this to people, I didn't become Catholic because I immediately agreed with all the tenets of the faith and like, oh yeah, that, that all makes sense. So, uh, you know, I guess I didn't pick a religion that conformed to me, right? Like I transformed, I converted because I truly felt that Catholicism was right. And so I, I say that a lot because I, I think that it's so important if you're, um, you know, if you if you are Catholic and if you're, you know, struggling with some aspects of it. I I just think it's good to go back to the beginning. Why why are you Catholic? Why do you believe this? And yes. and kind of start start there. And then, um, you know, if you if you believe it to be true and right, then everything else can slowly start to fall into place and you'll just be amazed by the, I guess the, the transformation that you yourself will take. Um, but it's, yes, I, I've yes. just been drawn to the faith for its, its beauty. Um, and one thing I'll, I'll also say is that I had so many questions and I always felt like there's a certain point throughout RCA where I felt like, you know what, I'm never not going to have questions. Like all my questions are never just going to be answered, but with Catholicism, I always felt like there was an answer out there. So maybe I, you know, like to this day, I still have questions, but I feel like there, there's so much history and, and knowledge and writings from the saints and church fathers that you can draw from and I can get those questions answered. And so I started becoming more confident that the questions that I have and will have that there will be an answer for them through Catholicism. That's a great point. Um, yes, we're always going to have questions, but we know we can find the answer. That's a fantastic point. Um, can we just, uh, it might be uh, quite interesting for people. May, let's name a few. You've mentioned just a few little issues that may misconceptions, if you like. Um, you've mentioned authority. Um, so was I, I'm assuming, was that an issue as a non-Catholic, so when you talk about authority, we're specifically talking about the Pope, or, or the um, uh, and the passing on of the keys since since, since Peter. So, uh, what issue did you have? What was the authority? Is it just direct to God? Is it the Bible? What was your worldview then? And then, and then um, your view of of authority as a church. And then, what was it that sort of convinced you? Okay, it makes sense. And this might help others who are on this journey as well. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of it was, um, when I say authority, just being able to, like I said, have answers to, yes. to questions and not have 
like I think we live we live in this subjective society where well you can believe A and I can believe B mm. and A and B can both be true. But but that's that's not right. It's either A is true or B is true and you and you have to figure it out. And I think with Catholicism there's that there's always that answer. Like you can open up the catechism and if you're struggling with okay well what what does the church believe about this moral issue? Okay, there's there's an answer there. There's some guidance, and um, there's interpretation of yes. the Bible, which I don't trust myself to interpret, right? And so, um, I think my my past where I had come from was um, there, there weren't always clear answers to different moral issues, and I was starting to see that with you know throughout different denominations of Christianity, mm-hmm. and how one denomination might believe something. And then another slightly different. And these were on, you know, moral topics, how you live. Your, and, and so I felt like, well, not everyone can be right. And so I really wanted to figure out, well, where's the truth? And so when I talk about authority, I think it's just, you know, having those, those clear guidelines and answers to some yes. of those, to some of those it, questions. And um you know, the, having the, the correct interpretation, I guess, of what I'm reading in the Bible. And I, I love, you, you did mention, I mean, the history behind the Catholic Church, the, the amount of documentation we have, the saints, the writings of the saints, the catechism. I, I, I doubt every, I mean, majority of Catholics read the catechism. And, and unfortunately, we probably take that for granted, but we have a, we have gold right there. We have gold. This catechism, it's so dense. It, it's covered. It pretty much covers almost any. I mean, every known topic. Uh, all those questions that we might have, the catechism has an answer for. It's so beautifully done, and with history, church fathers, scripture quotes. My goodness. Um, if there's one thing we can remind people, read that catechism. Give it a shot because there is. They've covered everything, and there's even an index and a. Um, you can pick any words uh, that you're, you're trying to find answers to and, and there's references and uh, it's just phenomenal. Every single paragraph has a number. And, and so right. you can go pinpoint. I mean, this is it's unlike any other, other book out there. It's just fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it's a reminder for us Catholics, let's read our catechism because there it is. It teaches everything that the church believes in. And, um, and as Catholics, we need to know it. We need to know what we, we do. And, and if you are struggling with something, um, Go to that catechism. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that reminder because, um, yeah, I, I can't help think many of us may just go with the flow sometimes with our faith. We, we sort of just go with the motions. We might go to Mass on Sunday um, and not feel real changed or, or it ha- haven't felt challenged and we sort of, it's routine. We turn up. It feels like the right thing to do. We take our kids to church, come back. We're not moved. You know, sometimes Father's homily isn't the most inspiring uh, we don't know what the scripture readings mean, uh, what's going on on the altar. And and so for most Catholics, unfortunately, we may not really appreciate what the miracle is in mass and, and what's going on. Uh, how do we, uh, I mean, get more out of, out of our, our church experience going, going to mass and, 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 and doing more with our faith? How do we take it from just going through the motions to really being activated and really being, engage with our faith uh, any tips there for, for catholics who, who take things um for granted there yeah i think 
for me, I'm, I'm really drawn to beauty. And so mm -hmm. whenever I had the opportunity to visit a beautiful cathedral or my husband and I, we lived in Washington, DC, and we were blessed to be able to go to the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, which is just gorgeous. Wow. And I, that for me would sometimes, um, you know, really just, just help draw me in a little bit more. Um, you know, when you have that beautiful choir and the artwork mm. and incense, you know, you just, you're, it's like all of the senses are activated. And that's, that's something I actually really miss now because in the middle of this pandemic, uh, I'm yeah. not able to go on pilgrimages. And when I say pilgrimage, it doesn't have to be outside the country or even outside, you know, for us, the state, it's, it could just be getting in your car and driving an hour and visiting a you know, beautiful church. And, and I really do miss that right now because I, I know for me, that's what really helps kind of draw me in is, is that beauty. Um, so I would definitely, you know, encourage if, if that's, if listening, if, if that's kind of how, how you are as well. Um, I think one great thing is just to meditate on sacred art. There's different books out there you can get that, um, can, you know, we'll have a, a beautiful picture of sacred art and then a meditation next to it, or, or even some that go along with the rosary in that regard. And, and I think that can be really helpful because it can draw in a different sense and, and kind of help you meditate a little bit better on those mysteries. That's a great point. Um, we have sacred art um, in our very churches. We've got stained glass windows or statues or images that that maybe as non-Catholics who might look at it from the outside in, think of it as idolatry or, or, or something like that. But we know as Catholics, we are not worshiping these things, but these are reminders of, of the infinite and, and it lifts our hearts and minds to heaven. And, and so to really appreciate what we do have, these images, um, icons and all this beautiful imagery. Um, yeah, great reminder. So beauty, um, the church does portray beauty in, in various ways, through buildings, through artwork, through statues, through music, the liturgy itself, um, when done beautifully, uh, yeah. So, and I love that. I love what you said. The we um, we experience church with the five senses. So, <laughs> I mean, just I just have to have to emphasize that you know, incense through our nose, we can smell the beautiful scent. Um, we see what what's going on on the altar, and there's a lot going on. Uh, we hear through the beautiful music. That's three. We even taste. So there's another one, the Eucharist. And what what's one that I've missed? And uh, touch. is it what was that? Sorry? Touch. And touch. So yeah. so yes, we are we all part of the body of Christ and we come together. Um, and we can touch our Lord as well. And and we're vocal as well. We're speaking, we're using our mouth. So we're it's using all senses. I love I love what I love that analogy there. Um, um it's so true. And I, I, I don't know if many Catholics would realize that, but we don't just um, meditate with our mind and, and that's it, but it's all of our body, our being. And that's what's beautiful about being Catholic. Well, uh, let's, let's talk now about thy olive tree. Did, what was first this, this, the book idea or the, or the administ the postulate, or was it, which one came out of what was, did you think about the book and let's talk about the birth of thy olive tree. Sure. The book came first. It was, okay. yeah, back in 2018, my daughter was born and 
it's really common to get like a baby memory book or a record book to keep track of developmental milestones. And I was on the market for one. It's my first child. I want to be able to put together a memory book for her. And new to the faith, I thought, well, there, there has to be something Catholic out there. And I was looking for something beautiful and modern that could help to capture not just her developmental milestones, like first step and first smile, but also the sacraments. And I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And so at the time, I just ended up buying a different book on the market that was really cute. And, you know, I started filling it out for her, but I quickly realized I could not keep up with it. I would get a few months behind and then I would go back and, you know, I'd be asking my husband, well, do you remember what her favorite song was at six months old? You know, like these things that just really didn't mean that much to us. And I, it, the book didn't have a spot for baptism. It didn't have a spot for the first time that we took our daughter to mass. And, and so I, I got behind on it because it, it wasn't really that meaningful for us. And it was actually um, during a time when my husband and I were praying a 33 day consecration um, to Jesus through Mary. And around that time, I, I got this idea again about a Catholic baby memory book. And I thought, you know, I could probably design something for my daughter. And, and that's where the olive tree, that's where all of this started. It was just, it was an idea to design a book for my daughter that I would create something that I know I would use and, and that would be meaningful for us. And I put it together for her and, and that's where it started. And then after I designed it, I thought I bet other Catholic families would benefit from this and appreciate it. And so from there, that's when I decided to start a business to create and sell these books. Fantastic. So yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it started off your own need for your own child. And um, I, did you, when you said you designed it, are you a graphic designer yourself? Did you, uh, or you just had a concept and you had to work with someone to get it done? The original? No, I, I illustrated, I designed the, the whole wow. book myself. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's, it's a great job and, and congratulations. I, I think um, the idea of the, about this is brilliant because we, we go through the sacraments in our life and they just come and they go. And, and what a great idea. If we're going to have any memory books, why not compile them in one volume and, and highlight those really important moments in our life? What more important than those sacraments of baptism, um, reconciliation, Holy Communion, confirmation, um, and then and, and other areas in our life? And let, let's talk about what is in this book. So I'm, I'm looking at it now um, right away. Uh, this is the standard cover. So you actually have even come up with different covers by now. But, but originally, I mean, this is the original cover. Um, tell us just that image. Why this image? Yeah, so it? this is actually my second my second version. Um, okay. and this is a monstrance. And a monstrance, beautiful. Yep. Um, so yeah, all of the all of the designs I have are are bright, modern, kind of a clean aesthetic. Um, I really I wanted it to be something that um, didn't didn't scream baby so much. Like a lot of the books out there are like very pink and blue and pastel and. This is something because it does go through age 18. I wanted it to be something that, um, you know, teenagers would appreciate and, and like as well. Be be beautiful. Yeah. You've got some uh, different, I'm just sort of giving people a sample here. 
but this is the as you can see the size it's not it's not so bulky it's it's nice and you know it's not a big a3 version but it's something that you can hold um and then you you've you've got spots to where put photos um mm -hmm. and then you've got bible quotes right throughout this this um so before you arrived i love that you know the ultrasound photo um and then then the photo of the parents and it's, it's quite beautiful um we are pro-life as Catholics, and we, we we recognize life from the moment of conception, and and, and this is this is the point, right? We we can't uh, miss those those opportunities. The ultrasound is just as important as as, as the birth. I mean, we this is a life. Um, you form. I love this quote. You form my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. Psalm one thirty nine. So right away, you know, God had a plan for us. And then you even have a section, we pray for you. Um, beautiful. And then you've got a little prayer to God, the story behind the name. So give, you're putting a bit of um, uh, responsibility on the parents. We've got to get behind why do we call that child that name. I think that's very powerful. Um, there's a lot in a name, and uh, we, we, we misinterpret that. Um, I just discovered, like, my name, Charbel, it's a, it's a Syriac name. And, and so, it, you know, it's not an English name. And when you when you say it, um, it, it it's, it's got the word God in it, um, and then it's got the word um, the song of God. So it's like, wow, okay, I didn't really know that. And now I know. <laughs> and and yeah. it's important many of us get to the bottom of our names, and I think many adults probably don't realize, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's great. A patron saint. And then there's bright yellow pages as well, the day you were born and the dates. That... Very, very cleverly done, nicely spaced out. Um, I really love what you've done. The different colors, blue, green. Uh, you've just got them all. Um, uh, the first year of the life going each month, as you can see, the, the, the child growing. And you've got Bible quotes right throughout it, which is great, from the Old and New Testament. So mm -hmm. it, it is beautiful. You're growing with Scripture. Um, and, and that's, I think, many people don't realize, but um, we call salvation history part of our, we're part of a family tree. Um, and the, the, the characters in the Old Testament are part of our family. Um, we belong to that, that tree right from the beginning, Adam and Eve right through, and uh, we, we can forget that the Bible isn't a story of other people's lives that were two, three, four thousand years ago separate from us. They are part of our ancestry. We, we are actually, we belong to them. Um, and and this is this sort of is a continuation of that. We we where do we fit? And and so if there was a book according to Kate or Charbel uh, in the Bible, I mean that's it. I mean you, you have your own childhood. Um, yeah, beautifully done. Uh, I'm reminded of Pope Benedict when he said uh, the New Testament um, doesn't end with the Book of Revelation. Um, it's not over at the end of the Revelation. In fact, it continues, and we are part of that. Uh, the New Testament. And, and this is a beautiful way of reminding us of that. What the story is still to be told. Many more stories of, of, of saints. So, now, congratulations. I, I just Thank now, you. do you have um, how has the let, let's sorry talk about how far this goes? So, we've got baptism. Let, let's go right through. Um, you've even got your first day of school. So, we keep going through there reconciliation, holy communion, confirmation. Now, what would you keep after confirmation? Typically, you've got teenagers now, and you've got uh, simple categories like you grew in your faith, and then you, you go into grades 9, 11, and senior year, and you've got more Bible quotes, 
and and sections for photos as the as the child is as the teenager is now growing. Mm-hmm. And then I love this section. Look at this. Onward you go, and it's a it's a um, a challenge uh, for that part of your life. A letter to you. So is that designed for the the parent to write to the child or the child yeah. now because they're old enough to to write? Right. That's true. Um, the the vision behind it was that it would chronicle all of these important moments through senior year. And then at that point, the parents could write a letter to their child and gift this book to them upon graduation. And the idea is that at that point, you know, they're, they're heading off into the world and they'll be armed with all of these reminders of their faith and memories that they've made. And they'll be able to you know, bring this book with them, you know, armed with all of this as a disciple of Christ. And, and so really the, the idea is that, um, you know, you, I'm trying to empower Catholic families to make Catholic memories. That's my tagline is, you know, think about different memories you can make and how you can record them and celebrate your faith and share that with your children. That's brilliant, uh, um, and and you 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 have these sort of um, standard pages towards the end, mm-hmm. where um, you've got a, a quote now from a saint, a different saint each time, and you just sort of, you give you splash a few few pages at the end of the book, uh, and that's so I guess you're purposely just keeping it um, personalized. Anyone can take this as far as they like, right? So there's no sort of set stage of life now. This is whenever they want to add memories here or write letters, um, this continues. It it could continue or, you know, I also recognize that some of the most important milestones for me might differ from other people. And so Mm -hmm. it was important to have blank pages in the back so that if there was something that you wanted to include in there, you could. Um, Yes, additional places for photos, keepsakes, et cetera, that, that you could put in the back of it. And I think it just gives families that flexibility. Um, the other thing that I, I purposely did was some of the photo placeholders are rectangles, but then a lot of them are, are open. And so you can, you have the flexibility of cutting out a picture and putting whatever size in you want yes. so that you're not, um, you know, you don't have to do a, a certain size photo because that also can take more time and energy to, you know, go and get uh, just the right photo size printed. I wanted to try to make it as easy as possible on families so that um, you would be able to place these fo- photos, um, you know, throughout the years. And if you're like me, you're going to get behind by a few months, but because it's mainly photo based and doesn't, I mean, it, it has some prompts in there and notes to write, but it's not as extensive as a lot of other books. Um, I find that nowadays, most of our photos are online anyways. So, you know, you just kind of scroll through your photos and print off the ones you want and stick them in the book. And it's pretty easy to keep up with. That's a good point, actually, what you say there. I mean, traditionally, it would be the film cameras, you know, you go and develop the film and you come back and you've got your thick cardboard. Um, uh, And these days we take so many photos that, uh, Sometimes it's just it's this is all in our in our phones or in a in some sort of uh, cloud div- um, storage uh, place or on our computer or or something and they're just sort of dumped in this big place and you and there's no way of categorizing it and so this is a great way of plucking out those really important moments 
categorizing it and really focusing in on on the faith journey of our children and and dare i say ourselves i mean um i'm sort of looking at this and thinking maybe parents should be doing this too right yeah. <laughs> um should, should we not be recognizing and re revisiting I, I i don't know about my baptism and my and my um uh even my first holy communion I, maybe i've got a photo yeah i can go back and find it but yeah i don't I think there was lots, lots of lost opportunities. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I've missed. So, I'm, I'm, as we're talking, I'm thinking, wow. I think every family member should get one of these, one <laughs> each per family member, and we have our own, our own, uh, yeah, story. What it's beautiful. I can I. I just got to quote. Just let people. When you meant blank pages, we're not talking about completely blank. We've got like a saint quote at the bottom. We've got Saint Therese of Avila. We've got, we've got Saint. Um, Augustine of Hippo, St. Francis de Sales, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Therese of Lisieux. Can I just quote one of them? Just Is, is there a favorite quote, by the way, that stands out for you? I'm, I'm interested to... So St. Therese is my confirmation saint, so that's why oh, wow. she put it in there. So, yeah. I've got to read, uh, read this one you've got here. So each day I made a number of little sacrifices and acts of love, which were to be changed into so many flowers all nature's blossoms were to form in me a cradle for the holy child, St. Teresa of Lisieux. Um, that's what you end on. That's the last quote in the book. Um, and that's that's true. I mean, life, all these little sacrifices are acts of love, aren't they? And, um, yeah, it's both for the parent to the child. And that ex that relationship is also a reminder from God to us. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it's beautiful. My Catholic keepsake. There it is. It's available right now. Now there are there's the American version. So in America, um, it, it sells for forty four ninety five. Is that right? Uh, what you have there? Forty four ninety nine. Um, and now that's in U.S. dollars for for my audience over here in this in the Southern Hemisphere in Australian dollars. That works out to be closer to fifty five to sixty dollars Australian. The New Zealanders just over sixty dollars. So now I want you to all think about this. If you had to order it now online, then pay for shipping, you're up at about $70, $80. We managed to get this book um, printed locally, hardcover, so it's not going to break. It's going to last forever. Um, and this is now at $39.99 Australian, which is about $25 to, to $30 US. So it's not quite half price, but almost there by the time you, you get shipping. So this is like the, um, the budget version. The reason why this is cheaper is it's thinner it's not as bulky as the american version but you have a spiral version this is a, a bound version um and so we are now this is it this this should be on every bookshelf uh for every child and parent dare i say um and and please get your copy we've got the links in the comments below um and and get one of these it's a it's an investment it's not like a typical book that you get and you read it once you put it away and you don't look at it again this is something you can go back to over and over and over again every birthday every baptism anniversary every confirmation anniversary every holy communion anniversary i mean we should be reminding ourselves of when we had that sacrament and uh, and it's quite beautiful to get that reminder through through something so simple it sounds like it's so simple and it is yet this could be very life-changing and profound take your faith to another level so thank you very much for doing this kate um Wow. <laughs> just what's the reaction been like uh, in your experience uh, so over the last year and a half or so? How has, how has it been received? 
It's been received really well. Um, people here in the U.S. are really excited about it. And um, I think families are, are really seeing it as a useful tool to document these memories. And um, some of the, the best compliments I've gotten are when people say, oh, man, I need to have another baby so that so that I can get your book. <laughs> there you go. So this book promotes life and it promotes yes. large families. There you go, people right there. You've heard it today. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. and and. Uh, You've also sort of developed over the years, uh, you know, different versions. Can you tell us about what you've done to, you can even personalize it even further by selecting different covers in the States. Can you talk about what you've done over there? Yeah. So I have um, basically that same book and I have a, a few copies of the, this is the US version. So it has a yeah. spiral on it, but I've come up with different covers. So here's a rosary one. Um, this was actually the, the original. Uh, oh, yes. Sacred Heart. And then I have a tabernacle and an Our Lady of Guadalupe. Wow. These are very yeah. Catholic images. I love it. And it's um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, so beautiful. So yeah, and so, the, here you can you can choose your book and, and choose whichever cover you want. It's all the same inside pages. All of that okay. is standard. But then you can switch up the cover. And I wanted to do that. So if, if families with multiple children wanted a different cover for each child, you'd be able to do that. Oh, very good, very good. Is there um, talk of a uh, anything else uh, in the horizon? So you've um, yourself. Let, let's talk about the just the apostolate for, for for a moment. Thy olive tree. Why the name thy olive tree? Yeah. So when I decided that I I wanted to start a business and uh, to be able to sell these books, and I was trying to think of what what a meaningful name would be for the business and. Previously, I had had a really powerful prayer experience when praying the rosary and meditating on Jesus's agony in the garden. And I, you know, when I had been meditating on Jesus's agony, a lot of times, if you're like me, when you pray the rosary, your mind starts to wander and it's hard to stay focused. Um, but this time was really different. I was, I was praying and I, I just felt um, like I had this very, very clear image in my head of Jesus in the garden. And I think a lot of artwork depicts Jesus either staring down, very sorrowful or or looking up to heaven. And when I was praying the rosary, it was it was as if Jesus was staring at me, like he was looking straight ahead as if to say, I am here with you no matter what you are going through, no matter what's going on in your life. I, I'm with you in that garden or, or, you know, I'm, I'm just with you always. And that prayer experience has just stuck with me. And so when it came time to name my business, I was thinking back to that experience and the garden, the historic garden that Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane is known for its really ancient olive trees. And that's, always been something I thought was really fascinating to think that some actually speculate those are the same trees. The trees that are in that garden today are the same ones that would have been around when Jesus walked through the garden. And so to, to think about that is just amazing. And I felt like maybe olive trees could be something related to my business. And the first time I verbalized this was on the way to mass. And I, I told my husband, that, yeah, that's, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And we get to mass and um, the gospel reading, the very first sentence is about Mount of Olives. 
And I'm like, okay, so maybe I should, maybe there's something there. And so thy olive tree, um, thy being the archaic form of your, it's really just Jesus, this is your olive tree, like do with this business, what, what you want, you know, let your will be done. And, and that's how, that's how the, the name thy olive tree came to be. I love that. Um, so much symbolism in, in the olives. And we, we do forget, I mean, that the significance of, of, of that Gethsemane, the garden, um, the olive tree, the idea of why Jesus chose the garden of olives, that, that there's so many Bible studies on it now that people are discovering um, so rich, so rich. And how do you make olive oil through crushing of the olives? And the idea, it's just... Um, uh, and I, I have heard that uh, the tree of life in the in, in the Garden of Eden may have been an olive tree. Um, mm-hmm. So not, I'm not talking about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was well, was one tree. There's speculation of whether that was a fig tree. That's possible. Um, but uh, the actual tree of life apparently was a, an olive tree. And so that first garden and then the next garden with Jesus there, it, very symbolic. So it, it's quite beautiful. And uh, let's hope people... This will be our, our link, a direct link with Christ. It is, it is His olive tree, as you say, and we all want to be part of that tree. <laughs> we all want to be, belong to that. We are one big family tree um, in in the body of Christ, and we want to belong to Him. Um, yeah, thank you. There is a website, so thyolivetree.com. Tell us about what's on the website. Yeah, so if you go to the website, you'll you'll be able to see all the different covers of the books. Um, I have a, a blog with just right now, just a few articles where I, I try to talk about um, celebrating the Catholic faith with your family and building the domestic church. Um, and then I, um, you know, in my shop, I, I have a, a few other items, but the, the main thing is, are these Catholic keepsake books. Um, but if you head to the website, you'll be able to check out the, the whole shop, uh, read a little bit more about me, about the business and, um, yeah, and join join our community. Um, we're really active on Facebook and Instagram, and I just I love being able to connect with other Catholics from around the world. It's it's just a, a beautiful part of having this business. Fantastic. So there is a like a, a sign up to a an email list that they could mm-hmm. uh, go to just go to the website there. Um, yeah, go to our website and you can sign up uh, to our email list. You'll also see links to our social media profiles. You can follow right. us along there. Yeah. I encourage everyone, please do so. Um, go to thyolivetree.com um, and sign up. And, and, you know, there's nothing to lose. Just go there and and, and be inspired at what Kate is doing um, on a regular basis, just sending out positive messages, inspiring others to live out their faith and appreciate their faith. And, boy, do we need that inspiration today more than ever. Um, our world is is longing for this, and uh, we need we need to present uh, the faith in as many dynamic ways as possible. And this is one really creative way of doing it. Um, I just, um, yeah, so excited about it. Just a little sample of what other things you do. Just, I know it's the book launch, but I do want to highlight it, it's part of a big picture here. So over time we will, I'm happy to promote it all. Um, <laughs> other things that you do, uh, just samples of other things that you do, um, provide. Yeah, so we sell sacrament greeting cards on uh, on the website. I also have baptism and first holy communion remembrance art prints. So this this all goes um, back to the the theme of making Catholic memories and remembering those important moments. Um, so it. that um, yeah, the the prints are great because you can personalize it with your child's name. 
the date of their baptism. And um, it actually corresponds with one of the book covers. And then I also have some personalized stationery, um, one of which it it actually takes um, that image of the monstrance, um, but it's a black and white version of it. And I have that on stationery and it's specifically for priests and religious and um, make really great ordination gifts. And um, you can personalize it with the the priest's name um, or the sister or the brother's name and, um, you know, send that to someone um, for their ordination, farewell gift, Christmas gift. Um, So that's another thing I have on there as well. But a lot of my products are tied to the sacraments and and celebrating the, the beauty of our faith. I love that. Yes. Um, you can't go wrong when you connect it to the sacraments. <laughs> um, beautifully done. Beautifully said. Um, so my Catholic keepsake, this is it. Um, and Viol of Truth. Now, you said that the tagline, is it making Catholic memories? Is that the tagline or is it something else? Yeah. Make Catholic memories. Make Catholic memories. I love it. We need to do that um, because if we don't make Catholic memories, uh, what's the alternative? We're going to have other memories and memories of of just our, our um, sometimes not very positive things in our lives and we focus and dwell on on the negative aspect and we don't really give opportunity for all the positive things God's done in us and I just think what a great tool to do that and and I certainly am an example of get, hitting high school not knowing my Catholic identity and just I was a sitting duck and uh it took a few boys to challenge me and I was, I was gone. And, uh, and I, I was, I didn't appreciate my faith. Had I had that upbringing, I mean, and I'm not in the early, I had the foundations, but then I fell away and, and it was, that's the problem. If I kept going with it um, and had those memories along the way and appreciated the sacraments, I think would have been a lot more better prepared for those conversations as a teenager and a, and, and a young adult. Um, and so this is a great way to just keep the faith uh, always relevant there for that child as they grow. Um, yeah, so, 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 so important, so important. Go to, uh, we're very excited, go to perusiamedia.com, perusiamedia.com, click on store, and you'll see the new, brand new release, My Catholic Keepsake. This is it. Um, I'm, I'm going to go on and on about it because what sounds like a simple idea um, is something that may really um, make the difference in your in your family, and uh, we need to start to prioritize um, these moments in our lives and appreciate what God has done in our lives. Um, do you, in the, in the, we've got about ten minutes here, Kate, together. Um, your vision, your your wish. What what do you what would you like to see just moving forward? Uh, if more and more people create Catholic memories, what sort of impact do you see that having? What what's what's your hope um, uh, with with the business? It's not just a business; it's an apostolate that will have a positive impact. What would you like to see down the track, long term, um, as a result of this work? I think what I you know what I'd really like to see are um, you know children that are are growing up on the faith, growing up with the faith, and just on fire for their faith, right? Mm. Like just just excited about Catholicism. And I, I think in the, in the world that we live in right now, that can be a, a hard thing to do. And it all, it all starts in the home and with the family. And my hope for the business is that this is 
one tool of many, but a, a helpful tool for, for families to prioritize some of these moments and to keep track of um, these really important milestones. And then, you know, to go even beyond some of the placeholders in the book to just to think about little ways to celebrate the faith day to day. So one of the things that I, I done on my blog is, is try to come up with kind of easy and manageable things that families can do with their with their children. Um, and it's on my blog and Instagram is where I, I try to I try to highlight some of these things. And, and my oldest is two and a half. And so when I'm saying simple things, like really simple things. <laughs> and, you know, one of the articles I just wrote was praying the rosary with a toddler and, and it, what that looks like in our family. And so if, if having that information and some of those tips is helpful for others, then that's, you know, some of the information that I'm, I'm trying to make available. And the vision I have for the olive tree is that, um, those those tips and this book and all these different tools can just help to bring the faith alive um, in homes and um, you know for for children when they when they graduate and 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 they go off to still be excited and um, you know armed with all these important reminders of their faith. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, that that is that is. That is important for us to share tips on what works for us, and I love that you you're there to you're basically um, sharing your experience of, of how you pray your rosary with your toddler and how does that look like. And I think that's that's a great idea. So those blogs, how often are those blogs uh, written? Is it once a month uh, or every couple of months, or is it quicker than that? Yeah, not as often as I'd I'd like to. Um, so right now I just I have three articles up there. My goal is okay. to start doing something at least monthly. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit more frequent on social media and on Instagram. So if um, we try to celebrate um, feast days, and if my family does something, then I'll maybe snap a photo and put it up there so that others could could get an idea of of how to do that. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I have to share if I can share a personal uh, thing in our family. Uh, my my um, fourth child, uh, he just had his Holy Communion on Sunday, so his first Holy Communion, and I remember um, we, my wife and I, we it, the penny didn't drop. I mean, we well, the first two children did have their first Holy Communion, um, and we made a big deal about it. But then the third child, we thought, let's really go. Let, let's really go all out, and, and um, we wanted it to be like just like a wedding. You know, when you go to a wedding and you, you sort of you're preparing everything, and people think the best day of their life is that wedding day, right? Now, for a child, Holy Communion, it is like a wedding, and, and I love the idea of um, uh, the, the girls are wearing like little mini, uh, uh, they're like they look like wedding dresses, white gowns and veils, and um, and then the, and the the boys are sort of suited up. Um, and so, you know, we all got dressed in our best. I mean, we, we call we say Sunday best, right? But, uh, you know, you go that even extra again um, for a wedding. People seem to, you know, wear the best they've got. And so the Holy Communion is no different. And uh, what better wedding than the wedding with Christ, the lamb, marriage lamb, and you becoming one with him. And that child as an eight or nine-year-old, and I, uh, my son was beaming um, uh, when he received his first Holy Communion. We had a party, uh, had all his family over and, and, and some friends. Um, 
and we also like to book a formal um, a restaurant. So, so this is like a big deal. You know, we go to a fancy restaurant, and they're dressed up, and and they're creating these memories of that Holy Communion. And you know, by the end of it, I remember he he was just he didn't want to go to bed that night. He was just so so um, excited, and hopefully he will remember that for the rest of his life. That one of the best days of his life was this Holy Communion day, <laughs> and it wasn't just a ordinary mass you just turn up and go and it's over but we made a big deal about it and i i highly encourage it it helps us parents um really appreciate how important that is um don't just go with the flow and and just sort of you know uh be sort of um casual about this uh, this is make a big deal about it with your children and wow that that's got to have an impact uh and so this is these memories as as you say well, let's really highlight them really promote the fact of the importance of them because they are if we catholics believe that they're important let's show it and <laughs> let's really show our children and our world our friends how important this is and um this is just one of as you said it's only one tool but it's a it's an important tool and this tool could really lead to us appreciating more um our faith and, and i really hope catholics take it a lot more seriously um uh, so really what do you got to lose uh, <laughs> I mean, get, get one of these and and just start prioritizing those sacraments and, and really emphasizing that. Uh, what I love about the church, you know, we've got saint days and we've got liturgical calendar that highlights. We have more feast days than fast days, as we say, <laughs> Father Leah Padalinghug's famous line. Um, and it's so true we, that we celebrate. And, and what are we celebrating? Divine, infinite uh, things of saints that have gone before us, of, of all these different events or, or basilicas you know um things like that uh, uh historical events it's 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 beautiful and and we're part of a, a journey or a story that hasn't ended and it's going to be on forever and, um yeah i love what you're saying let's let's really encourage catholics to um be on fire for their faith and let's let's imagine what that would be like for a world so hungry for 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 the truth my goodness, and beauty. Making it fun too. I mean, that's, absolutely. that's what right now, you know, with a two and a half year old, like most of our feast day celebrations have to do with chocolate. I'll be honest. <laughs> we, we find some way to incorporate chocolate into the feast day, but you know, it's something that I'm hoping um, will she'll remember and, and enjoy. And as she gets older, then we can, you know, explain more to her, but you kind of have to meet your children where they are, you know? And, and so yes. right now, that's, um, uh, so yeah, if you, if you follow along, most of, most of my tips and recommendations are going to be very low key and, um, very, very simple because like I said, I have a two-year-old, so it's, <laughs> well, it's yeah, practical basically. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and your story about the first Holy communion, party reminds me of when my daughter was born we decided to do that like instead of having a big one-year birthday party we decided we were going to do that for baptism instead and so we had this big baptism party and the great part was you know we invited friends and family to mass to attend the baptism and then to come to our house afterwards and it was it was wonderful it was a really beautiful thing to share in that moment with so many family and friends. And we just decided instead of doing like a big one year birthday party, we're going to, we're going to make the the baptism, the the highlight of that year for our daughter. 
That's it's great. It's so important. It's a moment of evangelization, isn't it? I mean, we could evangelize our family and friends when they see the importance of that sacrament to you and your family, and and they might be sitting there not really appreciating the value of it, but then realizing this is a big deal for for, for you guys, and 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 surely that plants a seed. Like, wow, what? So what's what's so big about this this yeah. moment? And and it gets them to think a bit, and and it's a great way to evangelize. I think, yeah, if, if Catholics really. Um, appreciated what we've got let's take it to that whole new level what can we do step it up as much as possible and the sacraments are a great way of doing it oh well it's been it's been fun kate we can keep going but uh we are out of time um is there a final word let's i'll, I'll leave you with one final word uh, um what would you like to say just in closing um it's now launched in australia available at our website perusiamedia.com my catholic keepsake um just a uh a final word from you. Yeah, just how honored I am that this book is avail available in Australia. Never did I imagine when I started this business a year ago that I would be launching a book in Australia and making this available to so many people worldwide. And I'm I'm just very blessed that it's going to be in the hands of so many families. And, and I just pray that it's a, a useful and beautiful tool for your family. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, um, your copy, get your copy today, My Catholic Keepsake by Thy Olive Tree. Um, we've just, you've just witnessed the founder um, and author and designer and um, Kate uh, with us today. Uh, you've heard her story and what, now it's about you. Learn about your story and your children's story. So get um, get a copy today, uh, $39.99 Australian dollars. So um, it really is. A, you buy that one off and that's going to last for life. Remember that. You use this over and over and over again. So so really take advantage of that. Um, I've, I'm now, I, you can tell the excitement for me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get one for each child and we're going we're gonna to really emphasize these moments in their life. So I'm going to make sure I take up the challenge and, and, and really consider and pray about how you and uh, your spouse can can do that for your children and yourself. Why not? May I ask, um, uh, Kate, as we close, to close in prayer together. Would you like to lead prayer or I'll put you on the spot? I'll, I'll let you do it. <laughs> All right. No worries. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer we may take for granted is the Hail Mary. And I just invite us to just focus on the words. Again, remembering the first part of the Hail Mary is directly out of Scripture, uh, the Gospel of Luke, Chapter 1. And the second part of the Hail Mary is just in invoking Our Lady to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. So let's, let's join me now. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. Right. All your holy angels and saints, pray for us. And the holy souls in purgatory, pray for us. In the, name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you very much, Kate. And um, we're praying for you. Please pray for us and, and let's pray for the uh, success of this book and may it have a huge impact uh, in Australia and beyond. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, that's another Perusia podcast. Until next week, God bless. Bye.